Good morning. Thank you for welcoming me here and thank you for being here. Thank you to those who are in live stream today watching the service. You're an important part of this church. I'm glad you're here. I am so glad to be in the great state of Kansas and the soon to be home of the new Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm glad to be in Wichita. Bob mentioned I'd been here several times. Always glad for the opportunity and glad to come here to be with he and Lori and Nicole and Aaron Varner because for my family and me, these are some pretty important people. And we love them. I wish all my family could be here to experience the hospitality and love I've experienced here this weekend. So I was invited by Pastor Bob to come, as I have in the past, and I met for the last couple days with your church council members. What a wonderful, dedicated group of godly men and women. I had such a wonderful time, and as is per usual, Bob gives me an assignment. It's not, hey, will you have cooking in the hopper back there in Florida? Could you bring something? No, no, no. I got the, we had a wonderful conversation the last couple of days about ministry to a post-Christian, post-truth era. And I loved it so much. And then he said, would you preach on Sunday, which is typically what he does. And I get an assignment there as well. I am so glad for that. I've spent weeks preparing all of this material, and it's just been such a delight. And thinking about your church and thinking about my good friends and thinking about the opportunity to be at a church. Wow, you know what you got here, right? I mean, this is incredible. I told the first service there's only one other church with which I am committed these days to, to understanding and supporting, and that is the church my... Uh, son-in-law pastors in Roswell, Georgia, church just like this with incredible wisdom and insight and power and influence and just getting it done for the Lord. So back to my assignment for a moment. I know Bob has been preaching on this topic uh, about heaven. And uh, I think this is the last one. No, two more, okay. Well, I uh, in interrupted his flow, and he told me, gave me this assignment, will you address the topic of what will heaven be like? And then he gave me the scripture to preach from. There wasn't a lot of freedom in this moment. I have been given an assignment. And in fact, when I got the scripture, I thought, Bob, are you sure that's the scripture you want? And I read it, and I read it, and I began to read it and pray about it, and I thought, this is of the Lord. This is a perfect scripture for understanding what heaven is like. Here's what it says from Job 19:26. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh... I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. I want to tell you today, my brothers and sisters, of all the glorious thoughts you might have about heaven, 
Here is the most glorious of them all, that you will enter heaven's gate someday and you will be forthrightly ushered into the presence of His majesty on high. We will have an audience before the King of all creation. We shall see Him. We are about to experience a moment like no other could possibly have been conceived. I mean, think about this. He is the sovereign Lord over all. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-good, all-wise, and He is the one with whom we have to do. He is the one who spoke, and the worlds came into existence. He is the one, according to Hebrews, who continues to speak and upholds all things by the word of His power. We are going to be ushered into His presence. He is the one that exists in and of Himself. Nobody ever made God. He doesn't report to anybody. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are not His. He alone is God, and we are going to look in His eyes. And can you imagine that moment? There's going to be some quaking and fear and trembling. I, I imagine there will be for me. And for every believer, I think you're going to hear the words that are so oft spoken. And they are true because they come from Jesus himself who said, at that moment you will say, you will hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. But I think he will say something else, and I speculate a little bit, but I think the Scripture absolutely backs it up. There's something else he's got to say, and I think it will go like this. And I think he'll have a tear in his eye when he says it, and it will be a tear of joy when he says to you, you are about to experience the full extent of my love. Now, Revelation 22 certainly verifies that message, and the rest of the Scripture does as well. Of God's servants in heaven, it says, they shall see His face. It is, it is possible in our sojourn in this world that things get greatly diminished in spiritual issues if and when of all the aspirations you have, all the desires you have, even in the faithful life, the loftiest of all desires is not to be in the presence of God and to look into His eyes and see the love looking like looking into the eyes of a long-lost friend. I think that's what was going on in the mind of the songwriter Bart Millard when he uh, gave us this Man, what a song, huh? I can only imagine. I heard it's been sung recently by you, brother, in a magnificent way. Wish I could hear you sing that. And uh, what words? I can only imagine, he said, what it'll be like when I walk by your side, when I, my eyes see your face before me. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? 
Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah or will I be able to speak at all? For me, the last sentence is the fact. I do not expect to be able to speak. I will fall on my knees and I will worship. What will we do in heaven? We shall see God. Now, I want you to understand just how amazingly uh, remarkable that is because there's this thing about God, and the church has to be taught these things, and our young people have to be taught these concepts about the Almighty. He is transcendent and, in a sense, inapproachable to us at this moment. He is transcendent. He is God alone. He is above us and beyond us. He said to us at one point, you know, the problem with you is you think I'm like you. <laughs> he is not. He is above and beyond everything we can think and imagine and dream. And he is, in a sense, in this world, inapproachable. Moses found that out. I mean, Moses was the one who said, I want to see God. He made the request of God himself, and he was not permitted. God didn't allow for it. Show me your glory, he said to God. And God responded like this, you cannot see my face, for no one now will see me and live. When my glory passes you by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you there with my hand until I have passed by. And you will see my back, but my face you cannot see. Exodus 33. It makes the words of Job 19 and Revelation 22, all the more astounding. We cannot see him now. He is transcendent above and beyond us. He is inapproachable in that sense. But we are about to have an experience the moment we are ushered into his presence. That's why David said in Psalm 27, one thing I will ask of the Lord, this is what I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. What will we do in heaven? What will it be like? We will see God face to face, standing in his presence, beginning as maybe the most humbling, fearful, and intimidating moment you've ever faced, we've ever faced. But those emotions will quickly subside. And you will look into those eyes, and there will be a look of welcome grace, love, and acceptance, the likes you never knew here in this world. And we will worship. Boy, how I love how your church worships. And when you get to heaven, it'll be even better. Unlike anything we've ever participated here on earth. And we, along with the angelic hosts, and the redeemed of the earth will say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he dwells with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There shall be no more death, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for that will be the moment all things have passed away. 
and we with the angelic host will sing together, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And the worship will conclude with a feast, a feast that has been prepared since the foundation of the world. It's been in the planning stages from eternity past, and we have been invited. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb. So what I've described for you as I was given this assignment and looked at this scripture, I found from that scripture and corroborated in any number of ways what will heaven be like, the very first overwhelming glorious thing, we will see his face. Now, in explaining what the Bible teaches about what heaven will be like, can I make one other point? The new heaven and new earth is being made for us. You know right now where Jesus is, right? At the right hand of God the Father. Do you know what God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are doing right now? They are preparing the place for you, for me, for all who believe and receive the work of his Son in faith, the work of the cross. And it's going to be a glorious place in which to live. It will be the new heaven and new earth, the likes of which God intended in the first place. It's going to be like that. And in that original design, it was created to bring him glory. And it will be the same in the world to come. We will live with him in a world, a heaven and an earth that is new, and it will be so that he is given glory in the place to come. And this will be his bestowment upon us, that we are to engage in the dominion of everything that he has made. Why, we're even asked to do that in this world. We have the right of dominion here as believers to act in control of this world to the extent possible. And in the world to come, it will be the same. That's his bestowment. In this world, it's God's will that the human family express creativity and intellect and imagination and skill. We are about, many of you are about the work of commerce and business and the arts and science and athletics and anything else we in the human family can dream of to do and to accomplish. We are to invent and discover and travel and make scientific discovery. We are to teach and to grow intellectually and spiritually. We are to write our books. We are to engineer. We are to build buildings. We are to do whatever is in our heart and mind that God has placed to create a great and glorious culture and society. And I'm telling you, that work is not revoked in the world to come. It's what we will be doing. The life-enriching purpose of God for mankind in, in the earth has not been revoked or abandoned. God will not just bring about an end to the tragic sin-cursed world today. He will, be a, he will bring an end to the temporary rebellion of sin 
and he will establish the new heaven and new earth to create a place for us the likes of which he intended to be. And it will be glorious, and you will be busy, and we will work and thrive and flourish. That's what Daniel was teaching in Daniel 7. He, he said, I was watching in the night's vision, and behold, like a son of man coming down out of the clouds of heaven, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, he said about God, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall never be destroyed. Verse 18, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and ever. Then the kingdom and dominion of the greatness of this kingdom under the whole of heaven shall be given to the people. And the saints of God shall rule. That is the work to come. That's why Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. And what we inherit, we shall rule. We shall rule and serve day and night, and there will be great rewards in the service. This is a very important understanding of what heaven is like. There will be reward. God will provide more purpose, more work, more responsibility, greater abilities, increased resources, enhanced wisdom. You'll have, we all will, sharp minds, strong, healthy bodies, clear purpose, and unending joy. This is why Jesus said, rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And this is an amazing picture of what heaven will be like. The saints of God shall rule. An increase in the glorious new creation, an ever-expanding universe, according to the Scripture. What a glimpse of heaven. And the motivation of understanding it and believing it was that the people of God would have joy. I mean, it was even said of Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, suffering the shame. The motivation for the people of God to aspire to live in God's new heaven by faith in Christ alone, through faith alone, in the cross alone, by the Word of God alone, is for the joy, unending joy He brings. I mean, don't we weary of the world? Enough pain, enough suffering, enough death. I mean, I think of a Brother Bob and the funerals he's had and telling me about and and in the pastoral work, there can be such agony and pain. I was thinking about that and praying about that, and I, I, I really sensed the Lord speak to me about that and about what the Scripture teaches about what heaven will be like. And I want to tell you, as believers, you will be re reunited with the people that you love. And for little ones who've gone beyond, you wonder where they are. I'm telling you right now, they are in the arms of Jesus being rocked and held and comforted and he is singing them a lullaby today. Amen. 
and we will be reunited in this wonderful place. <laughs> when my dad died, well, well-meaning people said, I am sorry you lost your father. I said, thank you for the sentiment, but I got to tell you, I didn't lose him. I know exactly where he is, and he's not coming back to me, but I have every reason to intend to go and see him. God has invested this for us. This is what heaven is like. This is what he's prepared. The truths of all of this are intending for the church to be inspired, to be faithful, to follow. May I ask you today, do you, do you believe in heaven? Is it your destiny? I to remember uh, before my father died, he took me in the living room one day and said, Greg, I, I need to talk to you about something. And I said, what is it, Dad? He said, I need you to know I'm, I'm going to be going home soon. I said, I know, Dad. That's, that's what we've lived for. He said, something else about this I want you to know. You're, you're, you're a younger man still, and you, you think you love the Lord, and I know you do. But I want to tell you, when you grow older, you're going to find something that is so remarkable, and that is just how much more you can really love him. Do you love him today? And is, is heaven your eternal home? During World War II, it was real hard for Franklin Roosevelt, our president, to travel to be with the troops because of his disability, and uh, so he got to the place where he sent First Lady Eleanor to take his place, and she really became a favorite among the GIs. And after she had met a group, she would cable the president back or send letters and report on what was going on with the GIs during her visits. And after one such visit to the Pacific Theater, she told of her talking to the soldiers, and she reported this back to the president. She said, Franklin, I want you to know the boys are fighting hard, and they are faithful in battle. But there is only one thing on their mind these days. To the man, they want to come home. Do you want to go home at your time? It's too early for many. But that's the destiny, right? That's the goal put before God's people. And that's the joy set before us, that forever and ever we see him, we work for him, we serve him, we're with everybody we love, and God himself is in our presence. Amen? So can I, can I close by offering a blessing to the people? Would that be okay? And now may we who belong to God in Christ by faith understand more fully the lavish joy and incredible purpose for which we have been prepared. And may we be attuned with every passing day to the voice that calls us home. Amen.